Welcome to another delightful, delicious episode of Yummy Podcast, where we savor life's inspiring stories on a journey to help you find your ultimate, most meaningful yet. I'm Crystal Khalil. And I'm Dr. Nicola Beach. We invite you all to join us on this yummy journey. Yes. And as we ask our guests, we'll ask you, what yummy life awaits you? Welcome to another delightful, delicious episode of Yummy Podcast, where we journey with you on a quest to find your ultimate, most meaningful yet. I'm your co-host, Crystal Khalil. And I'm Dr. Nicola Beach. And we are delighted to be talking today about authenticity. Ooh, your yummy, authentic self. Mm. Everybody's talking about authenticity. Yeah, it's a a buzzword. It's a buzzword. It's like up there with self-care and all of this stuff. But I don't hear a lot of people talking about how do you do it? Like, how do you get there? And why, you know, why is it really important to do it? Because quite frankly, it is not the easiest thing you will ever try to achieve no it's, it's not on it's, the easy list no it's actually extremely hard right because you got to overcome some things right right and you've got to align with purpose and calling and there's some things you got to stop mm-hmm. self-sabotage mm-hmm. people-pleasing mm-hmm. saying yes when you want to say no mm-hmm. it's like this list But, you know, it's also a process, right? Because some of you may be thinking, I'm authentic. I live my authentic life. And really, do you all the time, everywhere? Or do you sometimes wear masks, right? You know, we do this process when we're talking to our guests, when we're talking to our clients called the wiggle, where we wiggle wiggle take the mask off and set it aside and then we say do it again (laughs) do it again take it off set it aside because we wear masks every day we wear masks to work we wear masks at home we wear masks in the community we wear them at church right because we show up the way people expect us to show up a lot of times and it makes their lives often easier Mm -hmm. right so no shade to them there, there's that thing where we talk about everybody is tuned into the same station, <laughs> WIIFM, what's in it for them. Yeah. It's not a selfish ploy on their behalf, but often we've been like trained since we were kids, right? Absolutely, we've been trained. On how we show up based on how we get affirmation. Yeah. So one of the things that we talk about in our tribe is that You know, often as a kid, you have roles and you don't even know that that's the role that you have that you play out in adulthood. So we're talking about the brilliant one, right? Mm -hmm. Are you the brilliant one that always got good grades, always did really well, excelled because that gave you affirmation? Or you were the one that always did good in sports or something. You were always the one that received your affirmation for achievement. Yep. And if you weren't the brilliant one, maybe you were the caretaker. 
that's the child that is always looking out for everybody else, putting themselves behind, like, no, take care of her, take care of them, checking on everybody else, the caretaker child. You know, I got in trouble for that when I was little. Mm. So my mom bought me a sleeve of bubble gum. Do you remember the bubble gum <laughs> that was big and colorful oh, and they yeah. used to come like six, eight in a pack? Yeah. I gave away all of them. Mm. She said, where is your gum? I said, I shared them with my friends. She said, I get that, but where is yours? I got in trouble because I was looking out for everybody else, gave them all my bubble gum and didn't keep any for myself. Girl, we I had the same experience when I was a kid. Me and my cousins um, gave away all our snacks, our after school snacks. Our parents used to, they were in some kind of saver, penny savers club and they used to buy <laughs> these snacks back. That was the Costco's back then. And so we were like, come on, you want some of our snacks? And we gave away all our snacks and they were like, okay, go ahead. And then the next day they were like, so where's your snacks? Well, we gave them out. You gonna get us some more? They were like, no, go to their house and get some snacks. That part. See if they share with you. And we were like, huh? <laughs> She's like, yeah, see if they all call y'all over when their mama handing out snacks. We're like. <laughs> Trained, <laughs> Trained caretakers. Yes. What about the sickly one? Oh, the one that always needs attention for, you know, they have, either they have legitimate health concerns yep. Or they are just, something's always wrong. Something's always wrong. One time we we were doing, we were talking about this on a group uh, Zoom one time. And my daughter was listening. She's behind me cleaning up and everything. And we're talking about the roles. And we get off and she goes, oh, mom, I'm the sickly one. I was like, you know that. Huh? <laughs> you realize? She's like, I didn't realize it until you said it. But my daughter had type 1 diabetes. She has type 1 diabetes. Right. Right. And so we all had to went her when she found out she was nine years old. So the the entire household had to change and revolve around this condition right yeah. we all had to learn to eat a special way we couldn't bring things in the house that we normally would bring in the house so she, and she learned how to manipulate her manipulate us with her diabetes yeah. right we all had diabetes right <laughs> it, it was not the family's right. diabetes yeah we all had diabetes so you know the sickly child is the one that needs they get affirmation by other people caring for them yeah. so you got the brilliant one the high achiever you got the caretaker one that is taking care of the sickly one likely and right. everybody else right. right and then you have the one that is always in trouble destructive the destructive child they get affirmed for doing bad things it's like hey if i can't get good affirmation i'll take the bad affirmation right I'm going to, uh, this is the child that the, the school is calling about all the time. Right. Because <laughs> they're cutting up in class, right? <laughs> or they're the ones that when they get to be a teenager, they're staying out all night or they're in trouble. They are affirmed for their bad behavior. They're like, hey, this one's getting the affirmation for good grades. This one's getting the affirmation because they're selfless. I'll take affirmation for just being wild child. Right. That's my, that's my attention seeking. Yeah. Behavior. So what happens when that's what it is as your role in your family, but then you grow up? Mm -hmm. You think all of those roles go away? No, no. In fact, I was the brilliant one, right? I was the brilliant child. Um, I was 
so concerned. Like, don't give me a B. I, I'm going to lose my mind if you give me a B because I'm not a B child. I'm right. an A child. I'm right. an A student, right? So I struggled with uh, perfectionism and failure. I wanted to succeed at everything. And so that I carried with me throughout my career, throughout life. I was a 40-year-old brilliant one, a 50-year-old brilliant one. I had to do the work. And what happens is over time, the brilliant ones morph into caretakers because you're the one that's making all the money. You are the Olivia Pope for your family and your friends and your community. So everybody's calling you when they need help. Everybody's calling you when they need money. When somebody dies, you're the one that pays for the funeral. And you got to print and create the, the programs. You, you got to you you fly get the family in. Right? You are the one that everybody looks to because you've achieved a certain level of success. And you know how to get stuff done, quite frankly. So you morph into like a brilliant caretaker what about you sis definitely caretaker I think I I did the reverse caretaker as a child and then was like there's got to be more to this so then decided I was brilliant Mm. and started moving in that way because that was going to gain more respect Mm. and that was going to elevate you know my experiences in some way but the thing that's crazy is how that plays out in our relationships And we don't notice it until we notice it. (laughs) Like there are people in our tribe when we sit down and we talk about relationships that that didn't go well. Mm -hmm. And we talk about how did they connect with that person and what terminated the relationship and where are they now and all of that stuff. It's always on the other person. Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. what the other person did. If you could just fix that, that person, person right. it would be good. Mm-hmm. But then when we start to go into the deep and we recognize, oh, your six year old caretaker self mm-hmm. chose someone who always needs to be taken who's care sickly. of, who's sickly. <laughs> and then when you get tired of that, then you're like, I can't believe that they expect for me to take care of them and not look out for my own needs. Well, that's why you chose them. Yeah, and they, and they affirm you in your role. And how about the the brilliant ones we always see, sis? Who yeah. and 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 that was me. That was me. I attracted the bad boys. I love the bad boys because I can fix <laughs> them. Fix them. <laughs> Baby. I can fix your credit. Yes. I can help you get caught up on child support. I'm gonna help you start your business. <laughs> Baby. I'm going to help you get your first apartment. You ain't never Not met nobody house. like me. Not I'm no gonna first get, house. Right? I'm going to help you get your first apartment. I'm going to fix you. I'm, I'm going to make go- you better. I am going to help you furnish your first apartment <laughs> and make sure everything matches what? and looks really smart. Oh, yeah. And then when you look back after, <laughs> you're like, what the hell was I? What was I looking at? What? Did I really help you pay your chest? <laughs> because I was going to fix you. Yeah. Because the more I worked on fixing you, the more you could affirm me. But (sighs) oh my goodness, when you get to the point where you've done all of that and then you have that critical conversation where the person says, Oh, I know what you're about to say. Something like, 
Not good English. Can I use broken can English? Can I say it with you? Because I already know what you're about to say. Ready? One, two, three. Ain't, Ain't nobody, nobody asked you, you to, to do, do that. that. <laughs> what? What? Clutch the pearls. What? Pull out the box knife. Did you just what? say, after I helped you get your credit to a point where you've got a legit credit store that, that you didn't ask me? to do that what so that's the conversation mm. that comes in mm. to a conversation with us yes. right and then what we have to work out is you ch you chose that you chose that because and that was gonna affirm yeah. what you were affirmed for when you were younger yeah but now the stakes are higher things are a little different so it's it's not mm, not so much the other person's yeah fault you you know the accountability of understanding that we seek out that if you're brilliant you're seeking out someone to fix or you are the caretaker and you're seeking out somebody who needs to be cared for the accountability of that is like mind-blowing when yeah. you think about you attracted that to yourself because that's what you need to be affirmed that's mind-blowing and it's pretty tough it's tough and unpacking that is a process and it's it's pretty it can be pretty uh difficult for people when we sit down with our clients and we have this conversation it's like wow be i never saw it like that yeah because so much of what we can be affirmed for in our roles is based on what we're able to do yeah. And of course, at that age, when you're younger, yeah. the level of what you're doing is different than when you're older, more mature, having work relationships, business relationships, romantic relationships. But you'd be surprised how many of your decisions mm. can be conducted, like legitimately conducted based on that need that's not yet turned around. Right. Yeah. And what it looks like when it's turned around is being able to recognize, first of all, it's not about the stuff that you do. It's about who you are mm -hmm. and the appetite that you have and how you meet the need of that appetite. Mm -hmm. If that appetite is all about somebody affirming you, mm -hmm. seeing you, believing you are brilliant mm -hmm. and being able to say to you, gosh, you're so smart. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would have done if you weren't around. Then you are pulling for that mm -hmm. because you're not going first. Yeah. And and there's some good news, right? Great news. The good news is... Hi, I'm Crystal Khalil. And I'm Dr. Nicole LaBeach. Are you the woman that is serving everyone else? You know, you're the one that everybody calls when they have an issue. You're serving in the community, at work, at home, but you're not quite sure who's there for you. Listen, if you know that there's more, you've been feeling that, and you want to move into your next with purpose, you need to join us at Woman Unlimited Live. We help high-achieving women like yourself unbind and unleash their unlimited potential. So this is your time, and we look forward to seeing you. See you soon. See you soon. When you know better, 
you have the opportunity to, to do, do better. better. Now, we don't always do better when we, we know sure better. Don't. But you have the opportunity to do something different, to recognize what you're pulling for from others in your community, in your relationships, because this is not just romantic, y'all. This is even in your family relationships. Yep. This is in your friendships. If you find that you are the one that is always fixing things for everybody else, you're the one that always has to come to the rescue. It could be that you've created a tribe of people that need you. Now, that's the agreement that you have with them. And we talk about negotiated agreements. We always have unwritten, unspoken agreements with people who we are in relationship with. Now, marriage is a written contract. But when you are in business relationships, when you're in friendships, when you're in family relationships, you really do have contracts with those people. Negotiated agreements that say, this is how I show up and this is how you show up. Here and are the we rules. Have, here are the rules. The rules are we go out, I pay. Perfection. Perfection. That's the rules. So don't get mad when <laughs> you show up and you got to pay all the time and they never offer to help. In fact, what we hear from the brilliant ones and the caretakers all the time is nobody ever asks them how they're doing. Nobody ever sees them. Even sometimes they'll say their parents will say things like, oh, I don't worry about you. Yeah. You always going to bounce back. You are always going to land on your feet. Now, your brothers and sisters, I worry about them. I got to keep up with them. But you, you're going to be all right. And meanwhile, that person is like in an ocean drowning just because you might look like a swan on top of the water. But underneath, you are pedaling yeah. because you didn't just get there by by uh, you know a, a miracle you worked hard for where you are and every day is a challenge and you feel like you want somebody to just check on you to ask you what you need but you've negotiated agreements with the people around you that you don't need anybody if you've ever said to yourself oh child by the time the time it's gonna take me to teach them how to do this i would have it done and moved on you need yeah. to be listening yeah because here's the thing, if you're the destructive one, people have adapted to the fact that you're going to build your blocks to a certain height and then you're going to kick it down. Mm -hmm. They've adapted to that. In fact, they'll make excuses for you. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, that's just, oh, that's just the way he does things, child. We, yeah. yeah. We know that's what it is. We mm -hmm. know we're never going to get that money back. Yeah. Just, just write we, it he off. He gets in trouble all the time. Mm -hmm. We know that's not going to last. Mm -hmm. She does this. Th this is her M.O. Mm -hmm. Because they don't know how to articulate it. But what they've adapted to is the negotiated agreement yeah. is in some way you're going to sabotage it. So they almost prepare for it. Yeah. And the thing that is interesting is we train people on how to adapt in our unwritten agreements. Mm hmm. They're not written, but they might as well be. We kind of say they're in invisible ink. Yeah. Because when you don't advocate for something that is serving you, something that speaks to the, the highest form of who mm. you are, purpose, authenticity, all those big words that we talk about, 
people start to learn your patterns mm -hmm. and what they start to learn is you know that song that says when i move you move just like just that. like that <laughs> that's exactly what it is mm -hmm. they start to figure out oh we can go to the most expensive restaurant mm -hmm. and they're gonna pay every just time. like crystal said every time yep whenever there is a family crisis like People, I don't know if this has happened to you, but people will call and be like, "So, can I borrow ten thousand dollars?" Yeah, like it's like it's ten dollars, like five dollars. <laughs> I'm like, just like that, like no lead. Oh, you got in. it. Oh, yeah. No, do you have it? Mm -hmm. No. And then when it's time to pay you back, they're like, "Why are you stressing me? You got it. What's the problem?" And that <laughs> you, that crazy used to be the agreement because what I needed was to feel like they felt like yeah. I could handle it. Like I got it. I got it. I got your back. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. The thing that was interesting was I wasn't doing that for myself first. Yeah. I was doing that to everybody and for everybody that was in close proximity. And you want to know the sad thing? With this authenticity conversation, people that have access to us, but no responsibility you for that access, that. that tells on us as it relates to how authentic we're really being. Mm -hmm. Because when you are living in an living an authentic life, the people that have close access and proximity to you, they have a job. <laughs> mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. have responsibility for that access. They they are good to you, they are good for you, they know the boundaries. It's equitable. It's equitable, they know the rules of mm -hmm. engagement. Mm -hmm. they, they know, oh, this is a 55 mile an hour freeway. If I go 65, that's gonna be seen as a violation mm -hmm. and that's going to have conversation, consequence, that, that's gonna need self-correction in some way yeah. because I just can't drive all over the place with reckless abandon. So when you are being authentic, mm -hmm. you've started by saying, how do I take care of myself in a space that honors who I am honors my source, honors my understanding of my ultimate most meaningful yet, yeah. and serves others in humility and excellence at the same time. And here's a, here's a quick self yummy authenticity check. If your decision is based on you proving, hiding, protecting, or, or defending, defending you're not being your authentic yummy self. So let me give you an example. <clears throat> Somebody asks you to help them out this weekend um, with their event. You've worked all week long. Your kids have had events. You t you're tired. You know that you need to be focused on your next project, writing your book or whatever it is you need to be doing. But you're like, you thought, man, I've got this weekend. I'm gonna focus on me and the phone rings. And your friend says, I need you. I need you to come do this for me. I've got this event and, and, and I know you're gonna do it. I know you're gonna show up for me. And you just say, okay. And you put yourself on the back burner again. Why did you do that? Is it because you wanted to prove you're a good friend? If that's the case, 
then you're not being your yummy, authentic self. Proving, hiding, protecting, defending. Those, if those are your decision drivers, then you're really not being your authentic self. Can we just say, you lying? <laughs> you lying bad, to you. That's a bad word. It's a bad word. Lying <laughs> to you. Because some can't hear it in the soft package. Mm-hmm. Lying to you. And as a result, lying to others. Mm-hmm. And because of that deception, many of the people in your life may not have met you yet. That part. Have they met you? Mm-hmm. So Crystal and I talk to couples all the time that have dated for a certain amount of time and invariably one of them, usually the woman, will say, we've been dating for three years. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's time that, that we should be getting married? And we will say almost in harmony, have, have you met, met each other yeah, yet? Have they met you? And they say, looking at us kind of like, are you kidding? Mm -hmm. I just told you we've been dating for three years. And we say, we totally get that. Congratulations, this is awesome. (laughs) Have you met each other yet? Mm -hmm. The authentic person that doesn't have to hide stuff that's going wrong, stuff that's not going as planned. They don't have to prove to you what they're worth. They don't have to defend everything that's happening or be defensive, they don't have to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. They're just legitimately saying, this is who I am, this is where I am, this is what I bring to our amazing potential Mm -hmm. of doing life together, just as is. If you don't know them that way and they don't know you that way, you haven't met yet. And if it's not okay to say no, That's a sign that you are not in an authentic relationship. If you're afraid that you being um, being good to yourself, you loving yourself is going to offend or hurt someone you're in relationship with. That's a sign that you don't have, you haven't met one another yet and you're not being authentic. Take a breath. The next time somebody asks you to do something and you have a natural pause in your mind and you press override, y'all know that, remember the easy button staples used to Mm -hmm. have? We press that staples easy button all the time and override that little voice, that little little intuition, that little feeling that says, I really don't wanna do this, but okay. Take a pause, take a breath and say, you know what? Can I get back to you on this? If it's not okay to take a break and say, can I get back to you on this? That's an issue. And here's the thing. This is not about them. So so for some of you who are watching and listening and you're kind of cringing a little bit because you're like, hey, I, I, I'm about service. I'm mm. about being there for others. And you've got this whole script. Trust us. We mm-hmm. know the script. We live the script. We love the script, we Mm -hmm. live the script, Mm -hmm. we have lived the script, the script almost killed us. (laughs) Because what happens is we don't recognize when we're not being authentic, we lower the bar for all of the amazing people in our lives who really need practice Mm -hmm. in also being responsive to our authenticity. There are a lot of people that can handle us saying, you know what, I can't do that right now, 
But if you give me about two weeks, I think we can make that happen. The issue is they've never gotten that response. No. They've never gotten a no. They've never gotten a wait. They've never gotten a, I'm not going to be able to do it. So therefore, they don't have any ability to respond to who you really are and get some muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So you've got all this muscle mass and perfectionism, pleasing everybody, not showing up authentically and letting them know what your real needs are. And everybody else around you is a little person Mm -hmm. because you've not engaged authentically to say, you know what, you're my best friend. Mm -hmm. You can absolutely handle when I say, I'm dog tired. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I got to do something to replenish my body this weekend or Monday's not going to look so good. Mm-hmm. But if I get a second wind, I'll give you a call. They yeah. can handle that because Absolutely. they've had practice in you, in handling yeah. you. Yeah. And if you don't build that muscle of advocating for you, then you end up self-betraying yourself, right? Yeah. You betray yourself. And we see it all the time, right? We're out pouring. We're pouring into everybody's cup. Right. You're pouring at work. You're pouring at church. You're pouring at home. You at the PTA meetings. You, you are, you're on the nonprofit boards. You are helping your family. You're taking care of mama. You're taking care of your aunties. You are the one pouring, pouring, pouring. And what, what happens is your hand gets stuck like this. You are stuck in the pouring mode. And if somebody comes and tries to support you, tries to pour in your cup, try to pour in my cup, sis. This is what they get. Because you don't even know how to receive. That part. You don't even know how to receive because you've been pouring so much. So much so that we will pour from the deficit and we are beating (laughs) on the top of the cup. (laughs) We're trying to pour. There is nothing left. It's bone dry. And you're just siphoning. You're trying to turn air in the water to serve other people. And when we do that, you start to get depressed. Yeah. You start to feel overwhelmed. You start feeling undervalued, like nobody sees you. Nobody looks out for you. There's nobody there for you. And it and it's a it's a a sneaky little thing that comes up on you and you don't even it creeps up on you. Yeah. And before you know it, you are in full blown overwhelm and depression. And, and seeking to move into isolation. Yeah. When the truth is, the great news is, there are a lot of people that would love an invitation to look out for the real you. There are people who've been sticking around hoping that the real you would show up and give them a challenge to mm-hmm. say, I can't. A challenge that says, not right now. A challenge that says, you know what, I I am shaking at the knees. I just got this opportunity. I don't believe that I'm good enough. I don't know what to do versus you've got it all figured out. You're all together. Now, everybody can handle that. Mm -hmm. Everybody can handle that authentic vulnerability. But if you don't give your opportunity or give your community a chance to rise to that occasion, you miss out on the yummy because the yummy yeah. is based on connection. Absolutely. Your ultimate, most meaningful yet is based on your ability 
to connect with others and others connecting with you. Because you do not get bonus points for doing it all alone. And it's not as much fun. It's do you not. see how much fun we're having up yes. here? Yes. It's not as much fun <laughs> doing it by yourself. So sis, swag check. Swag check. Okay, yummy swag check. My shirt says, at a crossroads, cross the road. Mine says, what does it say? To, to move. move, you have to move. You want something different in your life. You want that yummy authenticity. You want to feel valued, appreciated. You have to move. You've got to change some things. Yeah. Like we said, when you know better, you, you have, have the, the opportunity, opportunity to, to do, do better. And we know that a lot of times you feel like I'm at a crossroads and I'm not really sure what to do. Like I want to move into the authenticity because this other stuff is costing me like nobody's yeah. business. I'm doing stuff that I know I shouldn't be doing. I, I'm not growing. I know I should be at another place in life, but yeah. because I'm not being honest with myself, I'm not where I should be. So you're at that crossroads because you're thinking to yourself, how many people am I gonna lose mm -hmm. if I make a different decision? We wanna give you another opportunity. You're at the crossroads, Cross the road and see how many people you gain. You've got other options. So check us out at crystallindrnicole.com. You can get our swag. You can read in the show notes below to get our swag. But you can also find out about our programs that really help you in your transition, in your move as you cross the road to living your ultimate, most meaningful yet. Love you guys. See you next time. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of a yummy podcast. We hope this fun episode was impactful, insightful, and as yummy as it gets. If you really want to live your ultimate, most meaningful yet, make sure to write us a review on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and share with a friend because they may be discovering their yummy too. Until our next episode, be sure to head over to crystalanddrnicole.com. Join our mailing list, connect on upcoming events, learn how to work with us, and get your yummy swag.